Strachan and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. And Cooper puts it in with his legs. Well, suddenly it's become a rout. Of course, when things are going wrong against you, you don't get the breaks of the ball. Cooper in with Stewart. He didn't really know where the ball was, but he got the break. And as you say, it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time. Knowing that really, all you've got to do is crack it into the back of the net. Hello and welcome to the latest Here We Go podcast. Another laugh-a-minute episode guaranteed given the Don's recent form. Joining me to discuss said form, Martin Ingram. Good, good evening. Good evening. Martin Clunas. Oh, how are you doing, Richard? That's the up-and-atom spirit that we're looking for. <laughs> Uh, yes, this will be a knockabout hour without question, uh, because we're looking back on defeats to St. Johnston at Pataudry and back last Saturday at Kilmarnock. Martin Ingram, it was awful, predictably awful, but awful nonetheless. Um, a lot of the problems on Saturday seem to stem just from the, really the lack of physicality throughout the team and, and wanting to play a, a fairly direct game um, and we'll come to some stats on that in a moment but the lack of a dominant centre-half right now I think is particularly hurting this side because it, it and most maybe that's an overstatement to say most teams in this league but a lot of teams in this league will rely on a sort of target men type striker who would have potentially differing levels of actual skill and ability but they will have a robustness to them and right now a backline of Jensen and Gutterman is not handling that with Rubizic out. The question to me I suppose and therefore the question I'm putting to you is why have we built a squad with just one player of that type in it? Uh, a, a very good question Richard. Um, yeah on on the subject of Rubizic because um, as you well know I've not been one of the greatest fans of yeah. of his time at Aberdeen, but um, it's one of, it's one of those things where while I wouldn't necessarily have been suggesting that having Rubicic back would have cured all of our ills because Aberdeen had been managing fine, <laughs> conceding several goals in. Yeah, let's let's not were... white knight him too much, but, but, <laughs> but clearly there are yeah. there are problems which stem from a. A team which has been schooled to play in a particular way and defenders which were brought in to perhaps act as more cover defenders, sweeping defenders. Yeah, that's that's absolutely legitimate. And and, and, and where I was where I was really going with that is um there, there's there's nothing that um sometimes improves your potential value to a club or to future suitors sometimes more than than a team struggling in your absence. And I think um Slobodan's definitely going to be the beneficiary of that. But even even more so in the situation that we find ourselves now, because as we begin to look ever more over our shoulder rather than aspiring to, to move further up the table um, in, in, in situations where you do need to effectively roll your sleeves up and be more assertive and, and, and not get bullied out of possession... Um, and 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 be more of a more 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 of a competent aerial threat both in defence and in attack. That that's the kind of player that we're you're probably going to have to lean on more and more as the season progresses. And uh, um, I think we'll we'll we we all be beginning to be hoping that um, he's he's able to return to the fray sooner rather than later. But it's 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 one of those things where he, it fundamentally comes back to squad composition. Um, and and what we've been trying to achieve, because in in, in many respects we we have ended up with maybe a closer parallel to the type of player that we were trying to bring into the club back when this experiment um, um, post Cormac coming into charge came in when when Stephen Glass was in charge and this idea to have players that were in theory more comfortable on the ball ball players progressive players and 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 the likes of that and and 
at, at the time that we were first kind of trying to go through that um, evolution to progressive style football, we didn't necessarily have the defenders to do that because we had more of the kind of um, lump, lump it up the park or or, or, or be physical uh, type of player there and it didn't work out. And, and, and now we're almost in exactly the... the the, the, the opposite state of affairs and the other the other aspect is that there's no kind of complementary aspect in relation to that because I think it was it was clear for everybody to see and there was certainly since not, not not only last night but in the Kilmarnock game where you have players like uh, probably Garterman Gartman especially but Richard Jensen to a certain extent as well where they were getting really badly bullied by the likes not not just of Vassell but Marley Watkins as well you know I mean we're not talking about uh some kind of you know six foot shaven headed behemoth you know in in terms of the players that you're you're, you're looking to deal with there um but it's so, so not only are you missing a, a, a Rubicic or de, de, again not harking back but dare, dare I say a, a Matty Pollock type that we would have had beforehand um but it's exacerbated by the fact that we don't have a goalkeeper behind them who is uh, confident in in commanding his box or his area I was I was having a conversation with 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 um uh Jim Douglas my 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 fellow erstwhile TRF scribe about that and and um it was saying if you, you could maybe get away more with that if you had the kind of the Theo Snelder archetype of a guy who you would have the confidence in coming out, dominating your box and, and claiming aerial balls, which would take some, some of the pressure of that in the box. But even, even, even outside of that, I mean, um, like the first goal that we conceded at Kilmarnock and, it, it, and, and again, other, other, other games that we've had since and, and before just players positionally and in terms of their own strength, just getting muscled out of balls, not winning aerial challenges and um yeah i think i think i think the idea had been that uh, we would potentially not need more than one or two of that type of player because we we're going to be concentrating on playing much more um aesthetically pleasing possession-based football but um the, the rest of the league haven't adhered to that script yeah but how wise was that i mean have we ever had a period where we've been able to do that and dominate purely in the football side. You've always needed to win the physical battle in this league. And I go back to the great teams of the 80s. They were great partly because they were able to look after themselves so easily. Yeah, it's it's always been the case that um, for uh, all that we may well want to get to a place where, again, I think one of the things which does ultimately differentiate very good teams from average teams is having a quality of defender that can do both aspects of things, be able to do the, 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 the nitty gritty, roll your sleeves up and actually defend, um, and, and also having an element of ability where they're comfortable on the ball, comfortable moving the ball forward, have a have a have maybe a, a better range of passing. But there's no question, the defending comes first. And if you if you don't have defenders who are fundamentally able to defend in the first place, then then the whole pack of cards falls apart from 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 there. And we meant we were just discussing this in the previous podcast, but it's been it's been the open secret that's been running right way through all of our performances throughout the entire season. Is that at at the back, and it's not purely just defensively, but it's it's by far the most extreme outlier. Is that we are soft as shite. Have barely been able to hold a clean sheet, or or even keep teams down to a goal for the entirety of this season, and you know that that even goes back to the Robson time. What was been quite frustrating is, is that one of the things where Barry Robson had been able to get a certain element of success with the players that he he was that he had and was able to bring in was get back to the basics of make ourselves hard hard to beat. Uh, don't lose the game to begin with and then see what you can get. And um, for whatever reason, that kind of ethos is slowly but surely ebbed out of the club. And the problem then becomes you can get away with that for a certain period of time, but once it then becomes patently obvious that not only is the defending terrible, but the confidence is gone from the team as well, we all know where, where, where we're going with this. It's incredibly difficult to get yourself out of that cycle and martin clunas we're not talking about building a team of 11 muscle men obviously 
the balance was better towards the end of last season because you had someone in the back line that was really prepared to drive through brick walls to go and win a ball and Matty Pollock quite raw but you know of a better standard I believe than Rubicic but you also had Ramadani in the midfield so there's two players and you know Ramadani in my case we've had certainly plenty of time in this podcast discussing the ins and outs of his abilities but just those switching those two players for a different kind of player has led to big issues and massively reduced the effectiveness of a lot of our other key players in that run towards the end of last season. I kind of echo what echo what you both have we've both have said it in previous episodes and echo what Martin said there as well. Now, we're not saying that we have to be no we didn't we didn't bring Marty Pollock back. It was not, nobody's saying we'll have to go out and get you know. I don't know, somebody like fucking Davy Bowman or something like that. You know, somebody's just going to, somebody's going to a complete, I mean, that's, there's me, there's me with an, an up-to-date pop culture reference. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as soon as you say something, you go, yeah, that's that's one for the younger, the younger listeners. Um, yeah. Um, not, They're all on TikTok anyway, Martin. No one's listening to us over, uh, oh, probably over the age of I'm, about. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you need to go get, go out and get like an animal, you know, one of these guys who's just going to start leathering people and stuff because it's, you know, the game's not like that anymore. And, you know, with, with VAR in the game, whoever, whoever, somebody doing that will just be picking up card after card after card. But you need somebody who's going to be, a bit stronger and coming back again I I cannot think of a successful Aberdeen team that hasn't had that that steel in it I I can't actually even the best Celtic and Rangers teams over the past 40 years of massive economic disparity have had that physicality to them you know you consider that uh, Celtic team under Martin O'Neill that made it all the way to a UEFA Cup final they were huge guys at every point you know every point of that pitch um it's, you need that in this league first and foremost I think yeah I mean you, you, you want you know it comes down to having a, a spine I suppose you would say you know had you know the, the players could be confident in the keeper at the end of last season they could be confident in Matty Pollock so you know McDonald was ne- was standing next to Matty Pollock so that the confidence came came from that yeah in fr- standing in front of them you had Ramadani and, and no, and beside him you had a, you had Shinny and or Clarkson. You know, again the confidence comes because you know fine there's going to be that guy there who, not flashy, but will get stuck in, has this amazing engine who will just run for days and days and days, and you know you can you know you can rely on these people and you can do, it's you know it's it's the old, one of the old lazy football cliches but you'll do the, the do the dirty work, and you know. We've a lot of people have said no. It's not just us. No, it's fairly obvious that Ramadani wasn't properly replaced. There was nobody brought. In, there was nobody brought in in January that had been. Surely somebody had been identified because the, the manager, the management of the club, and I don't mean as in the first team manager. I mean you know the, I mean Dave Cormack, the foot the football monitor board must must see that must be able to see what we need. You know we have there's a scouting network. You know there's. You know, different levels of you know, you know the the management team. We we needed a replacement for that guy, and we didn't get it. Um, and it's it stemmed from there. No, I'm not a huge fan of Rubisic either, like like Martin was saying there. But Rubisic seems like a guy who will get stuck in. I don't think he's he's the answer by any stretch of the imagination. But he gets he gets he gets torn in, and. He's not one. He's not one of these guys who you'd see being bullied like Jensen and Garterman have against Kilmarnock and against St Johnston. Um, you know, his, his ability is, a, is another question. Uh, but I, as you say, Richard, I totally agree. You need to have that that, that toughness in 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 your def, in your defence alone. Never mind anywhere. Else. You need to have at least one there. Um, and not having that is just we are, and as Mark says, we're soft, we're soft as shite. And every other every other football manager that is worth their salt sees that and knows knows how to exploit it. Um, you look at that. You look at our team. Um, you know, the the old some of them just look like wee guys. Um, you know, there no, there are other professional athletes, and no, they would knock the, the leather the shit out of me. I I know that, but 
they just on the pitch they just look, they just look like wee guys at times and they don't look there's no I know being physically imposing is a very old fashioned thing in football but when you don't have that at all and you then are starting to get bullied it becomes it becomes obvious and it's like no if if I can see it from sitting in the south stand then Craig Levine can see it Tony Doherty can see it Derek McInnes can see it um, you know we're going we're, we're, we are coming unstuck it's not a case of we're going to come unstuck we are coming unstuck and they're they're exploiting that softness in our in our side yeah and it is just about the blend I want to re-emphasize that and I want to re-emphasize the, uh, again the fact that uh, Kyle Vassell could quite easily have exposed uh, Rubicic uh, from a skill level um, even if he may not have been able to get to dominate him quite the way that he was able to dominate Garter and Jansen and that was the thing it was it was both of them it didn't matter who he fixed on sometimes strikers will be smart and, and try and play off a guy they think they can bully like that didn't matter who Vassell was up against on Saturday he was getting it done uh, sticking with you Martin Kleenis uh, just going the other way we've spoken about defensively and I you know I'm not going to spend 45 minutes going over Kilmarnock because when a game goes almost exactly as you expected it to go I'm not sure what there really is for us to say because it really did pan out exactly as I anticipated uh, one stat which really stood out for me was that we made 49% of our passes successfully 49% now obviously that speaks to a desire to get the ball, ball forward quickly and that makes sense, I suppose, with the fact you've got two strikers playing up top, as we did on Saturday. But Boamiowski won one of his 16 duels, and Luis Lopez won two of 11. <laughs> Why play it so direct? Why go so long? When, again, we're just going to be outgunned at the other end of the park. They're played, it, they're played it direct like that because they're a they're, I think... They're a side that's that's low in confidence, and they probably don't believe that they're going to be able to pass through them. Um, you know, Kilmarnock aren't. You know, we can make they can, you know, the manager. You made excuses about the pitch and all this kind of nonsense and you know, that. It's like Kilmarnock aren't the kind of aren't, Kilmarnock aren't. I don't think Kilmarnock are a massively physical side. Um, but you know, just again, like I say. Playing it so direct, shell, just shelling up balls at times. It's just, it's it, no, that's not Mayovsky's game, and that's certainly not Duke's game. Um, and to do that, it's just neglect of these, of those two players, uh, really. And you no, know, the, the manager said how much he you know how great Mayovsky is and all this kind of stuff. Well, you no, know, play his strengths then. Try and play balls through the middle. Try and play balls over the top that he can run in behind a defender. And get to, but you know, giving him jewel, giving him you no, know, no, headers to headers to win and this kind of stuff, and you know he's not going to win them because it's not his game, um, and just. But equally, he has been playing the lone striker yeah. role at times this season, and we we've lauded him for his improvement in his all round game, which include, which has included holding the ball up and and bringing others into play. So, is there no criticism of the player in that situation? That you know he's had a bad day. He's not been able to get the better of his defender really at all. One from sixteen. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. I mean, he's, he, you definitely you have. I mean, he has to take some criticism. I mean, they all have to take criticism. And no, he he along with pretty much all the rest of them had a, had a very bad day. And no, and you're right. His his hold up play has gotten better. Um, I just I don't like seeing seeing us playing the long high balls up at him. If you're going to give it to him, give it him to feet. Give it to him, you no, know, like you know, to his chest or something, so he can control it and bring people back into the game. You know, maybe, maybe like a one-two or something like that. You know, something that involves you know, his strengths. His strengths are actually playing football, um, and I just, I just, I, I don't like, I don't like seeing up, seeing him, you know, just shelling balls up. If we're going to do that, <clears throat> go back to the bad old days. I'll you know, bring in someone like fucking Curtis Main or something like that. If we're just going to let launch balls up the top. Because that's not his game, and he's he's wasted doing that. But you're right; he still he still should be doing better. Um, you know, only only winning one or two out of out of the duels, you know, isn't isn't good enough. Um, 
And if that's what the no, but that comes, if if that's what the manager wants him to do, and I'm sure we'll come to the manager later, then he has to work on that and he has to get better in that. Even if the manager is only going to be here for three more month, three months or whatever, you know he has to. You know if he wants to, play, if he wants to play direct, he's going to have to work on that and be better at that because he's a very good player. Uh, we've raved about him, uh, but that is something that is a weakness in his game. It's not now just because it's not something I like seeing him doing. That doesn't matter. I'm not the I'm not the manager, you know, I'm, and I'm not the manager of a, the club that's going to spend Touchwood hopefully a lot of money on him. But you know, having a, having weaknesses in his game is something that you know other teams other teams will try and expose. Um, Martin Clue, uh, Martin Ingram, rather. Anything else you want to say about Kamanic? Because frankly, I'd like to move on. Not not much more okay, else good, about good, that. Good. No. Um, because clearly I'm desperate to talk about St Johnston on Wednesday night at Um Four changes to that team that lost at Kilmarnock Martin and you know some of the key ones I thought Devlin being dropped to put Jack Milne on the right back um, and they changed their back three that change in particular you know I thought I thought there was a degree of progress being made at least on an attacking front in the home games against Motherwell and Hibs when we had a four it felt like that was a bit of throwing the baby out with a bathwater a switch based on that game at Kilmarnock which had gone so so wrong really as opposed to what we had facing us on Wednesday night yeah I, I agree entirely both in terms of formation and in personnel um, I, I was actually wondering because with Nicky Devlin being the one to get dropped. I mean, again, coming back to, he he is obviously a player that's not been immune to having a few high-profile mistakes during his time as well. But again, where, where we find ourselves now, where we, we need to be putting together a, a team of players who are uh, willing to provide a, a level of energy, uh, uh, leadership, and um, a, a willingness to engage in the fight. I think Devlin would rate pretty highly amongst the group of players that we currently have available to us in the team. So I find it really surprising that it was him in particular that that ended up um, being sacrificed. Not 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 so much that Angus McDonald might have been brought back in because coming right back to your 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 very first question about. Um, why we don't have enough of the kind of more traditional defend first type of defenders. And I think um, in Rubicic's absence, uh, Angus McDonald is the closest thing we, we have to that amongst the, 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 the current he's crop of players. really, though, is he? I mean, he's not a, a sort of ball winner, and a half. I, I come back to what I say. He's the closest thing that we currently yeah, have amongst which our still playing. still a million miles away, I think. Really. Yes. So so, so in, in, in that regard, I think that is why he uh, Warnock has decided he wanted to go back to the three at the back because I think in in some respects it's a recognition that we just don't have um, enough if any of that type of um, quality combative defenders within his team but again it's so it's it's it's, it's sometimes having three at the back can be absolutely fine if that's the system that you want to play in but if it's simply to try and um, compensate for the lack of defensive ability of people around you then I think sometimes it's something of a uh, a false economy and it doesn't necessarily help you if you just happen to have you know a half out of your three defenders who are any good at defending as opposed to zero out of two um, didn't necessarily have an issue with Jack Milne coming into it but um uh, again, it's, it, it becomes a big ask for some of the younger players to be pitched at this st- stage in the season. And again, that maybe speaks more of the lack of opportunities that some of our fringe younger players um, or, or older players have had in relation to that, where if throughout the season there's been a major reliance upon the core group of players that we had um, playing beforehand, you're, you're, you maybe are asking a lot, and I don't think I don't think he disgraced himself in any way. I mean, you, you certainly know worse than anybody else, and at the very least, he, he put a, a, a good chunk of running into it. But again, maybe there was, there was a number of times, um, certainly particularly during the second half, where I think um, he was being he was maybe slightly naive in in his. Uh, one-on-one tussles with some of the St. Johnston players, a lot of shirt tugging on him that wasn't getting picked up by the referee, and then he was kind of getting caught on on, on the back end of that. But to the, to the system, I find it a bit frustrating that 
we 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 see, Neil Warnock's only been charged for five games, and we seem to have chopped and changed virtually every game from one game to another that we've had so far. And the one thing I really thought might have come about from the averting a catastrophe in the home game against Motherwell is when you can you can certainly attribute a lot of blame to Neil Warnock for the the setup and the personnel which got us into that mess. But I thought that that might have been the wake up call to say, okay, that that isn't working. Um, what we reverted to um, was a, a setup. Certainly at home against teams that we ought to be expecting to beat was was much closer to the setup that I thought we should be pursuing. And I and I just wonder whether it was just too much of a an overreaction to what happened uh, the game away to Kilmarnock, which which is probably probably unnecessary because the reality is that's a game you're absolutely right, Richard. That's a game all of us expected we were going to lose. Pro- probably two 0 would have been most people's um, predictions before that. So it sh- I don't think that should have come. Th- I mean, it's not to excuse the performances, but I don't think that should have came as a major shock to anybody. And, and with that in mind, it just maybe just seemed as if we made a number of wholesale changes off the back of that, just just on the thinking of, oh well, we didn't win last time. Let's let's make a group of changes and hope that this works. And and sadly, a lot of a lot of what we've been seeing in terms of the the managerial decisions, just to me, is now striking at make 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 a few changes from game to game, throw a, throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see if any of it sticks, and and none of it is. Yeah, and. You know, there's a place for him to be experimenting and to see what is working because he won't have a, a real view on this squad having just inherited it. But games are, are absolutely running out and, you know, let's forget about any loftier targets. Games are running out to keep ahead of 11th place, which, you know, I think right now is the realistic target. Um, You, you spoke there about minutes for youth products. I do have some numbers on that, but tonight feels neither the... Uh, the time nor the place for such a discussion. Um, Martin Colunas, I want to talk about the, the, this first half, this the, the, the inertia, the, the first half which totally passed us by um, and was really heading to blankness before uh, the penalty kick we, con- we conceded. But it's been a season-long issue. So many first halves where we should be setting the tone, this bit especially at home. We should be going out there and setting the tone and trying to be in the front foot for minute one, get the crowd behind us, try and build up some momentum. We've only scored two goals in the league in the opening quarter, uh, 15 minutes of games. And th- those goals were uh, Miofsky against the Rangers back in November and uh, Nicky Devlin's goal just the other week against Hibs. It, it's been a, a season-long issue. When I Again, when I think back to that spell of wins... The end of last season, I vividly remember. Obviously, Kamanik score after twenty seconds. Hearts were racing out the block and were just flying into challenges and really setting the tone for minute one. There's been so little of that this season. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it, I think you described it as abysmal <laughs> on the, on the feed. That first half was just again no drive. Seems like there's seems like there's no drive. Seems no like there's no desire to just to get in people's faces, um, and yeah, like you said, that run where we were we were you know we were at people, we were desperate to get forward, desperate to get the ball off them, desperate to get goals. Now it seems like you know, it, there's no con. There's obviously there's a lack of confidence in the squad and the team right now, and so. It just seems like nobody wants to. Go, nobody wants the ball. When they get the ball, they're looking to get rid of it ASAP. You know, you know whether it's whether whether it's you know playing it across the defence, whether it's chucking it back to Roos uh, for him. Uh, you know, one of his trademark kickouts. It just there's just seems to be I don't just a total lack of confidence, and I know that comes from when you're losing games and you're struggling. That's what happens. And again, this is where you're when you're looking for your senior players to step up. I would assume that's why Hayes started because he's because he is a senior player, and you're looking for him along with Shinny to take a lot of responsibility. I, 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 so what Martin said there as well. I thought Jack Milne had a had you no know, 
had, for for the level of that performance, I thought Jack Mill had an okay game. I would but, respectfully disagree, but that's beside but, the point. The blame isn't with Jack Mill now. He's a young player you know, playing on you know, his fifth exactly, or sixth no, game. Exactly, no, I mean, but, well, exactly, yeah. But, I mean, again, it's like, why is, Dev, why is Devlin not playing? Devlin is a senior player. You know, he, I know he's only been here since the summer, but he's a, he's no, he's a, he's a, a seasoned footballer. You know, to not have him playing when the team's struggling against a team like Kilmarnock, St. Johnston, sorry, who you know, you know, you know exactly what you're going to get. You know, they're going to, they're going to be very well organised. They're going to slow the game down. They're, it's going to be stop start. They're going to time waste. They're going to get in your face. That's a game for. That's a type of game for your your senior players to be there, getting people's getting people's faces and take a bit of ownership. Um, the manager. On post match on Saturday, the manager said Shinny's the only one that talks. Again, someone like Devlin, again a again a senior player, Devlin does chip in now and again. So you drop the fucking guy. What what do, what does he what does he expect? If yeah, he's not I mean, going to play his best. I I don't say best players because that is unfair to to Milne because you know, whether he's a good gamer isn't the right thing. But you play play your most senior, your best players, the guys who will you know have contributed this season yeah Devlin was said last week and I know I have said he's had a few wobbles but your your best players should be playing when you find yourself in a situation we're in and now we're three points worse off you know looking staring down the barrel of a relegation scrap it did feel a bit like a weird power play to be honest with you it felt a little bit like Shinny not playing against um, Darville last season that had that kind of feel to yeah. it especially as we were getting on the game and still the opportunity to make a, another change because we'd made a change at half time um, and Jack Milne was not contributing going forward I, you know I, I, I don't think there was any issue particular issue with him defensively but he, he wasn't you know, yeah, he's not a right back to trade for starters. Yeah. His positioning wasn't great, and that was impacting Garterman's game to a degree on the front foot. It, it just, it just seemed daft, basically, to be persevering with something which, to my eyes anyway, was plainly not working. When you had an option, someone who has contributed to his going forward, probably not contributed as effectively defensively as he would have liked this season, but has definitely contributed to our forward play this season. That felt a bit weird. Um, Let's, um, just before we go on to talk about more general matters, it barely matters now, Martin Ingram, but there was at least some response in the second half. It was better, and we missed some really, really good chances to get back level. Yeah. Also, also, one thing I would would like to go back to in relation to the first half, because, again, it was actually quite... uh, depressing to 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 what extent we were just kind of sleepwalking through the game but i i did want to say i i actually felt for the first half at least in terms of um uh intent and 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 effort um that was about as good as i've seen from graham shinney as as we've had in quite a while and maybe that in itself says a lot but um you know i think there was a a drive from one or two of the players to try and get something going, but it just, for whatever reason, wasn't clicking. And um, um, equally in the second half, I mean, it's, 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 it's one of the situations that once, once you're in this kind of uh, snowball effect of game after game after game that you're not winning, that's exactly the kind of um, way that these games pan out, isn't it? That, um, you know, regardless of how, um, passive we were uh, or or ineffectual we were in the first half you, you're absolutely right that was just trundling along to uh, uh, the, a typical Aberdeen St Johnston goalless first half and then we, we we've literally handed them an opportunity to go in front before the break and um, um, I'd, I'd be interested if if what how, how if, if anybody got a chance to kind of look at the the incident back on the replay because at the time I thought it was just utterly mindless handball now um I, I know some other people were saying that it's maybe a bit more unfortunate because he's maybe just lost the flight of the ball and it's it's been it's hitting a flailing arm rather than him having it in a daft position but to me if you're not if you're not flailing your arm in a position where you can handball it then you can't concede a penalty but but you know i, I didn't i didn't feel st johnson were carrying any huge threat at that point we just 
as I say, literally handed them the opportunity to go in front before the break. And um, at, le- at least we did respond to that with a... So between, from that period up until the point where we, we, where we conceded the second goal, and, and as much as you can be frustrated about that, again, that's exactly the kind of thing which will happen when you're trying to press forward and get a goal back, is you're, leave, you're leaving players um, exposed at the back. I mean, again... Garmin, as he seems to be doing quite a lot in recent times, is that kind of it's not it's not just the physicality, it's the fact that against the the guy Kimpioka, he was he was he was obviously struggling in relation to the pace, but also kind of routinely just kind of positionally being caught out in a lot of these situations. Because I thought felt there was a lot of situations where if he just been a bit more showed a bit more nous, he would have actually been able to outmaneuver him, but but failed to do that as well. Um, so that's the kind of goal that can, can happen afterwards. So to back to what you actually asked me, in that, that period in between, I actually thought we were playing very well and generating a lot of good opportunities. But it's just one of those ones where, where you've been struggling game after game and you're behind and you need something to happen for you. It just doesn't happen. Clarkson with a couple of great, I mean, through through one-on-one and can't beat the goalkeeper. Um, um, picked out a few good passes as well. Um I found it bizarre. I had a look in the BBC website that uh, Dimitar Mitov got player of the match because I think he almost single-handedly tried to throw us back into the game with a few very, very suspect pieces of goalkeeping in his own goal. But again, it just wouldn't fall for anybody and um, and it didn't happen. So, so yeah, I'd, I wouldn't want to be overly critical um, in terms of at least there there was, they were showing some intent and they were trying to get back into it. But you know, we we then go two 0 down, and I think at that point, because I think a number, I, I I couldn't I couldn't see a lot what what went went on in the game in the immediate aftermath for the number of people that were walking past me, in on on the way out of the ground, and I think everybody really knew that at that point, and even though there was actually still a reasonable chunk of the game left, um, I I I I I felt the kind of the fight in the team really went, the composure went at that stage, and it it, it then became a bit of a foregone conclusion. Uh, yes, yes, uh, it would hard to argue with that. I don't think there was anything once it went to 2-0 and other than the toxic atmosphere within the ground to really um, to really note. Just, um, actually, no justs. Let's just, let's get to this one, uh, Martin Clunas. Um, why did the post-match Neil Warnock interview annoy you quite so much when... <laughs> You know, as I've intoned on here many, many times, that I know. only the simplest of minds get upset about anything, anything uh, that's ever said in I a press know. conference situation. <laughs> because, you know why? Because I, cause last night I was very, very emotional. I was so, no, no, what, the, the final whistle, I was so, I was actually so angry, I couldn't even bring myself to boo. Well, that's, that's just, allowed. I was, I was, honestly, I couldn't even bring myself, I just was, just dumbstruck at what I'd seen, uh, particularly in that second half. Um, I just, I'm, fr- I, I'm, like, I was, I'm, so, I'm sick of hearing him say the the line that I the line that I quoted. I'm sick of hearing him saying, "No, we've got, we've got to work with what we've got. We know that Neil. You don't need to keep telling us that. We know it's a shitty situation. We know that you were brought in after the after the transfer window closed. We know that it's not your fault." What the the state that the squad is in, we get that. You don't need to keep reminding us. You know, it's it's a shitty situation that that the, the club are in right now, and I'm 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 just it feels like he's constantly absolving himself of any blame by by saying, oh well, what we've got, this is what we've got. Look at the situation I'm in. I'm doing my I'm doing my best. We know you're fucking doing your best. Of course you're doing your best. No, no, as he says, it's his reputation and all this kind of stuff that's on the line. I'm just stop making excuses. Get the get the players get the players on the on the on the training pitch because it doesn't seem to be what we hoped him coming in and doing was to be getting these guys organ getting these guys organised. You know, working with them on the training pitch, and that doesn't seem to be what's happening. We're not organised. Don't seem to be working it working any harder. Um, he's here to do what you would assume is train. You know, work with it, work with him on training ground basics for a few months, and it doesn't seem like he's doing that now. For me, it's possible that the players are looking at his coaching methods and instructions, 
and either not understanding what he's asking, which is possible, or ignoring him because his training his training is worse than it was under Robson. And I just, I just, I'm, I'm, I just, I've, I've had enough of hearing him making making excuses. And last night we were walking up Merkland Road. Wait, it's been five league games. Was, this is the tipping yeah, point. Five it, league games. Seriously, is that same, is that the, the same after every game? Is that um, the patience we get? Five league games. Is that it now? Five. It's, it's not the patience. He, he says it. He says it in every interview. And I know Finney's Mister Potter. I get that. He's he's one of these guys who's Mister. But Potter, on the general fucks, point, on the general point about a new man off in the summer, he's going to do the interview with Jimmy Bullard or one of these fucking pricks. <laughs> And he's, going, and he's going to be talking about, ah, well, you know, you know, they didn't give me much to work with, bloody freezing, seagulls up there, all this bullshit. I get that. Has he done open goal yet? Oh, there you go. You'll definitely be on open goal. You'll probably be on the terrace as well when they come up here. But listen, let's, um, on the general point of five games, why are we fucking losing the rag after five league games? Can I jump in on to Martin's defence on this yep. one? Um, <laughs> I, 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 while while I, I I do I do accept that there is only so much you can buy into pre or post match press conferences, that the, there is there is something to um, is are are the players buying into what Neil Warnock is saying because it's an issue I had at the time that Jim Goodwin came in a couple of seasons ago as well that. Um, you may. The reality is, again, Martin's absolutely right. We all know you are. You're, of course, you're going to have to work with what you've got because the transfer window is closed, and we we are left with the the personnel that we have in the club. Um, but if you are if you are saying I can only work with what I've got, regardless of whether it's true or not, what you what you're in effect saying is I don't think what I have at the club is good enough. Um, and to say that. And if you're if you're if you're comfortable enough to say that in public, um, I'm assuming there must be a vibe of that that's been taken by the players. And again, I, it was one of the things that was picked up upon that um, I remember when you'll you'll have all seen there was a lot of these kind of social media smash cuts of kind of Neil Warnock's greatest kind of banter moments in 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 the, in the run up to him being confirmed as manager. But one of the things that I, I I remember taking away at the time was uh, Neil Warnock himself, a much younger version of Neil Warnock, I should add. But talking about the fact that uh, one of the things he really prided himself on was. Um, even even if he felt players were underperforming or there was aspects that you know were concerning him, one of the important things was that you don't go out and say that in the media and protect the players. His role was to go and take the flack on their behalf, but to keep the confidence in the players and keep them going. That and that's not that's not what I can I can only work with what I've got. Really screams out to me in that regard. And 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 and, and the only reason I really want to focus on that is taking an example. I think 99% of Aberdeen supporters, if they were asked who they felt their best player of the season has been so far, would probably say Miofsky. Everybody can patently see that um, Miofsky was the person that was at fault for the first goal for Kilmarnock, but you don't necessarily just have to come out in the immediate aftermath and, and effectively hang him out to dry. If you're trying to keep the confidence of one of your best players and motivate them for for the rest of the season, it may be more pragmatic just to Is that say... Is out to dry? One, well, not hanging out to dry, but it's unnecessary, isn't it? You know, why not just say it was a poor, it was a poor goal to, to concede for the first one? But by, by 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 the very argument of what you're saying, Richard, press conference responses can be as utterly banal as you choose them to be. So why even bring that into the discussion? You're trying to base this guy off 15 minutes of cliche, basically, in front of the press when he's spending not always that much longer, obviously, based on last week's revelations, which, again, I think is a sideshow uh, side uh, just to anger up the blood of the easily angered. And I think that's really essentially what's happened here, is that Martin himself admits he was very angry in the aftermath. And we've all got social media, we've all got access, and we just we get reminded of what we watched. In the context of in the context of that game, and it angers us. There was nothing he could have come out in that press conference and said that wouldn't have attracted some level of anger, because people would have been reminded of what happened in the game. Yeah, but I don't, I don't necessarily want to fix it on the press conference element of this. What 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 I'm meaning is the because again, the snippets of what we're catching is only an outside artifice of what's actually going on within the club. Um, 
I, I have my main concerns are I'm not entirely sure um, if when Neil Warnock is asking, "Are you with me?" There's nothing I've seen from an admittedly small sample of games so far, which which is saying to me that the players are bought in, and it's a one club. It's a, even if like a, an us against the world siege mentality. I'm I'm not getting in terms of the actual performance on the pitch. I'm not seeing it, and 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 it's 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 a perfectly valid thing to say. Five games is not a very large sample size to judge, but let let's look at what would be the reason of bringing Neil Warnock in and changing a manager? And again, there's a, there's a, a whole other separate discussion around how we've seemed to season upon season upon season pick literally the worst time to make a managerial change in a calendar year, which is when you've just lost the opportunity to make any meaningful player changes and then immediately make a switch in for somebody in after that. The, the whole purpose of, in that case of bringing in a manager post transfer window closure is someone who has an ability to coach up a group of players that you have to work with. Um, it, I think it's one of the reasons why in that initial stint, Barry Robson was so good because his his job was coaching, albeit with the youth team, but he'd done it in the interim setup. A guy who could work with players and get the best out of them. It's something that if you if you look elsewhere in the league, there are certain managers where they, they are more coaches and managers. That's their skill set and that's what they're getting out of them. We weren't I would I would suggest that as 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 underperforming as Aberdeen were under Barry Robson, I I at that particular point didn't get a feel that we were going to do any worse than the worst case scenario would be we don't get top six and it, and the season will peter out into nothing. If you're making a change at that point in the season, it is you feel we are meandering towards missing the top six, not qualifying, not getting in a position where we can qualify for Europe. So so the the only reason you can bring a new manager in is you're saying you have 10, 12 games left and we have to get a better turnaround than what we've been currently getting under in the last manager. And we're virtually halfway through that and we're doing worse. But so you, you this guy that? is not a permanent replacement, Martin. This guy is in to basically caretake to the end of the season. It's the equivalent, you know, we can't just appoint a caretaker from within the club because what happened last year. So I think this is not a new manager situation. Well, this is a caretaker you're, situation. You're, you're absolutely right. And in fairness, we're probably underrating the genius of uh, Cormac and the board because the one thing that um, we've we've absolutely managed to secure in this situation is we've not got ourselves into the, the situation of a manager who's overperformed so much that we're committed to having to keep him afterwards. And that's why he's here in the first place. Because we, we, we felt... No, not to underperform, <laughs> clearly, but because... That's why we've had to go outside the club, and you know the argument as well is we needed coaches in the building of some description to to assist with the workload. But, but, but my point, my point, Richard, is that um, if if the if the idea was that you simply if there wasn't an expectation to get better out of the team and and get us in a position where we could recover something from the season, my feeling was Barry Robson could have quite comfortably done that for the rest of the season, and um, we could have still had the restructure. Or, or, or looking into the potential restructure of the club going on concurrently with him seeing out the rest of his contract. The, the only, I, I don't agree that it's simply just this, you bring a caretaker in. How the would only this, reason you would make a change at that stage is you're trying to get some form of a new manager bounce and get an uptake in performance. No, which in no it's not the only reason. The it's not the only reason you do that. You do that as well because you have supporter unrest. So how do you think the support would... Because the results we've had over the past five league games could quite easily and quite conceivably have also happened under Barry Robson, Martin. I think you're kidding yourself if you think otherwise. You know, until um, we have not scored against Kilmarnock this season, two of those games are under Barry Robson. We scored one disputed penalty kick against St Johnson so far this season. Two of those games are under Barry Robson. There's not a single one of those results that couldn't have happened under Barry Robson's tenure. And given the way we were trending probably would have happened under Barry Robson's tenure. I, I, I think you're kidding yourself if you think that this was a change purely, it was obviously they wanted to get a bounce, but it wasn't a change just because to try and get a bounce. It's a change because they needed to remove the toxicity. Now, the fact is that that toxicity didn't stay away for very long because, <laughs> because we're continuing to get worse. We're getting yeah. worse. We are getting worse week on week. And that right here, right now, is a real worry. I st still insist that trying to read anything 
really anything of any substance into press conferences is a mugs game, a complete mugs game. But I completely get the aspect of being angry and the aspect of just wanting to say something on social media, Martin Clunas. So I, so I get that. I do get that. I completely understand that. Especially if, as you said, you didn't even boo, boo it full time. So you had that in you. You needed to get it out. Um, but let's come back to the other thing you said, which was you wanted a mic now. You wanted another change. What would that achieve right now? It would perk me up for a start. Um, <laughs> I mean, like like I said earlier, Luke, I think that the I, th- I don't think the the players have I don't think the players have bought into into what he's brought. The, the, the larger issue comes from the fact you no, know, he's came in at the point he's came in, and it's it's above him and it's above Barry Robson. Really, the change should have been made. You know, the change should have been made before the transfer window had even opened. Never mind, never mind after it had closed. But, but again, that doesn't you, guarantee anything. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't guarantee anything. Uh, but what, it, what I mean, the club clearly had no. There was no idea of any succession plan, and I suppose you would call it in that. You know, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't know. Don't know who they want as the next manager, and they didn't know who they wanted as the next manager in um, in November, in December, uh, and certainly didn't know at the end of January. So they had to. So. Yeah, they've got they've gone down this they've gone down this route with Warnick. Okay, but we just I, I, my my anger comes as what does does is more is directed as well at, at the at the board because you no know, we've we've got you no know, and I know I've been not I've been like a I've a, a bit of an arse about the whole you know work with what I've got thing, but he's he's came in and you no know, whoever whoever came in. Should have should have been appointed before you know before they were. It was, it was we we we're in a position we may as well have just kept Barry Robson. I know, and you're right. It would have been toxic, Richard. I I fully fully agree with that. It's like no, and yeah, the results could have just been could have been as bad. They could have been they could, or they could have been worse. We we'll never know. I understand that. But the problem we've done is they they hung on much like they did last year, where they hung on where you no. Know, Goodwin should have been gone midweek, and we we sat and spoke and says he should have no he can't survive he can't survive and he made it he made it to the weekend and we got leathered six 0 at Easter Road. This the thing with Robson was we're after the St Mirren game, it was time then and they hung on and hung on and I know there was postponed games and I know there was you know, there was a wee break and things like that. I get it, but they hung on and hung on. And then, with, and then, so then, what do we do? We find ourselves in a situation where window shuts, no action, no action taken, other than to send Bizarwin out on loan. And so, and any sort of changes you can make to try and, you know, to try and stop the season. No, I mean, I don't want to just. I want to say stop the season descending into freefall, but it was kind of going that way anyway. But there was, but any changes you could make are impossible, which you know, unless you're going to bring in Junior Hoylet, obviously. But I don't, I don't, I'm not even going to blame him because it's not his fault. You know, he's 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 been brought in to try and do a job and do something. But it's it's what were the what are the board? Why is the why does the board not want to take action? I understand that you can't be one of these clubs that just go fi- go firing managers and firing managers because it's it is a terrible look, especially for. A big club like Aberdeen to appear so trigger happy, but we've got we've gone. You no, know, they had to give Barry Robson the job, and we've, no, we've been through that. They got it wrong with Stephen Glass. They got it wrong with Jim Goodwin. They got it wrong with Barry Robson. I'm convinced they've gotten it wrong with Warnock as interim manager, even until the end of the season. When are we, when are they going to get it right? Because we're looking. You know, we're looking at we're looking at the playoff we're looking at the playoffs here, but this is this is a da- this is dangerous for us. You know, and you look at that team and particularly that second half, that second half. Once we conceded that second goal last night, those heads went down, and they those they wanted off that pitch. There was no there's like any belief, and I am terrified for the remainder of this season. You look at the upcoming games, St. Mirren away, 
Now, we got that jammy result earlier on in the season there. Dundee away, Motherwell away. There's You, you could look at those those four, four fixtures. Forget about the cup. We spoke about the cup last week, doesn't matter. Those four fixtures, you can look at that and genuinely think, where are we going to get three points from? But uh, you're accusing them of having no heart for the fight, and they came back from three down just the other week. Oh. It's uh, there is there is signs of life. I don't think things are quite as catastrophic in terms of terminal demise from this league as some people. I think the likeliest scenario is indeed a replication, essentially, of the situation that Jim Goodwin engineered when he first came in, when he had plenty of time and plenty of opportunities with which to get into the top six to the point that we're still in our own hands in game 33 if we'd won at home to Ross County. I can see exactly the same thing happening here and exactly the same scenario with Hibbs also hilariously missing out in the top six and a so-called smaller team like Dundee making it up. I'm not, I'm not blind to the possibility of it going completely pear-shaped, absolutely not. But I, I still think that's the likeliest scenario because there are still some capable SPFL players in this team. But I, I think we have kind of come out the other side way too... There's never any grey area, you know what I mean? There's never any grey area when it comes to supporters' beliefs these days. It seems to be... We're either going to win everything or we're going to get relegated and the club's going to collapse. That, those are the two extremes, essentially. I, 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 get, I get that. None of, none of us ever sit, sit at Bataudry and go, ah, it'll be fine. We're never going to do that. I know that, yeah. But it's a mess and there's absolutely no, kind of, uh, no getting away from that point. And um, absolutely, some moving up on Saturday and I do not expect anything much like the Kilmarnock game because there is a team who are well organised, who will fight for every ball, and that's broadly all it takes to beat this Covenant Aberdeen team, uh, particularly away from home. On the subject of communication, Martin Ingram, why are people so desperate to hear from Dave Cormack and Alan Bowers right now? Once again, in a similar vein to the uh, Warnock situation, what are they actually going to say right now that's going to placate the way that people are feeling? I think it's probably more uh, frustration. And and, and, I, and again, I, I, I do agree with you on this point. What 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 are they realistically ever going to say in, in public which is going to change the circumstances? But I think what grates with people more is when it, at times, and you know, for, for, for all that we've bemoaned a lot that has gone wrong over the last three or four years, there have obviously been spells that have been really, really good. And and in those opportunities, um, and we're not going to level this as much at Alan Burrows, but certainly from Dave Cormack's perspective, he has not he has not been shy to use his social media platforms to to get out there and and, and, and indeed, you know, engage with the fans, which 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 you know, I'm sure is is incredibly welcome at those times, and I think that's maybe more the frustration that um, if it had been a chairman of previous, you know, a a, a Dick Donald going to be just a, a traditional do or northeastener, regardless of what the situation was, you, then you you kind of know what you were getting yourself in for. But I think to a certain degree, maybe Cormac he's he's, he's hoisted by his own petard in that situation where if you're if you're going to engage with the social media and um, engage with the fans, which again, I think a lot of people really want to appreciate, uh, would appreciate happening at the time. And I think there's a lot to be said about having a chairman at the club who genuinely, I don't think anyone disputes he is, he is a fan in the club and he clearly wants the best for Aberdeen going forward. But you can't, you can't, you can't engage with that aspect of it and then expect to not get some of the heat when things turn around and you're maybe not as visible as you as you had been when things were going well, so I think it's I think it's more that kind of attitude amongst the support um, that it's 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 fine when everything's rosy in the garden, but when when the 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 the, the, the going gets tough, you know where 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 are you when 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 that is happening? I, I, another thing I want to circle back on is the managerial turnaround. You know we're you can you can fixate a lot over you know we keep getting the wrong person in or was what is it right decision to bring whatever interim manager in or whatever at any particular point and and it's a valid it's a valid point that one of the aspects which maybe 
dictated that the change had to come at that time was the disgruntlement of the fans. But it doesn't speak to um, uh, too highly of Cormac uh, or or the board in that regard as well. Then that I I I I think what you don't necessarily want your chairman to be either is a a person who. Um, turns with the, the 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 wind at whenever the wind changes you you, you change with it um, I would actually maybe respect more yeah. a situation where you actually if, if you have a philosophy at the club and, and you think you have got the right manager in place I would actually respect more in some situations unless I, I think I would accept the the, the very tail end of the, yeah. the Goodwin at situation he is, he is not there to be a fan he is not in that position to be a fan he should be uh, if he has made a decision, and I, I, I am led to believe that he he does regret not giving Stephen Glass more time, um, maybe in time he'll he'll maybe think the same about Barry Robson because these are big investments that have been made, and the coaches in this system in the way it's set up should be relatively interchangeable, relatively. Um, but the problem is that we, we don't have that director of football who's setting the way the club is going to play regardless of who the coach is. Um, and again, we don't have that director of football overseeing the, the build of the squad, it seems, because we are being given these players who cohesively don't really work, who are lacking in, um, who are not all-round footballers. They may have particularly strong skill sets in one area, which make them appealing for a certain position and certain role, but they're not sort of rounded footballers that you might get more from a visual scout, a scout who, who is going to go out and tread the, the miles at uh, Premier League Reserve Games a la Rush Richardson. Now, clearly, that approach also had many many failures as well we don't need to sit here and list them but uh, yeah the the I, I i do take that on board i think cormac shouldn't be acting as a fan and i think there are times that he has not necessarily acted as a fan but certainly acted to placate a fan base yeah and, and i think that then comes back to that aspect of the the, the overall perception of 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 a of a, a kind of rudderless feel to the whole thing where you kind of reflect on what where where tangibly are the club you know to what extent have we progressed three to four years on from where we were beforehand and and with the exception of the the very you know let's let's face it the very significant success of getting European group stage football and the money that's come back to that and, and a lot of other successes elsewhere I mean I mean there have there have been successes in terms of you know the the, 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 I think as far as the youth academy is concerned, I think we're one of the, the better clubs in the country in relation to that and, and, and producing the talent. There's maybe, a, there's maybe a separate discussion to be had, as, as you've alluded to beforehand, and, and a discussion for another day in relation to how we, we progress that talent from the youth systems into the first team. And, and there's been a lot of kind of um, successes in the way that we've engaged with the support or the clubs engaged with the support as well. But we, we all know fundamentally... All those successes, the the good work of the community trust, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that all comes to nothing if you can't put a, a consistently successful product on the first team football pitch, and 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 that is the the matter that we are continuing to struggle with now. And 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 the other aspect is because there's another thing I was discussing with uh, a friend in the way back home is. Once we get out of the immediate kind of, however this season pans out, and again, I mean, I, I hope against hope that we aren't looking, continuing to be looking on, you know, behind our shoulder, around uh, round the shoulder, and, and and looking at the teams that might be drawing in on us. Stunningly, as as with many other seasons, no 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 other teams are in and around us seem to be making a particularly distinctive move either. We're still only I say only, but we're still only five points away from Dundee in sixth place. It is still feasibly possible. Stop that, it. But 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 if we look further to next season, um, we we have. Or on the whole, it seems an, an uninspiring set of players that we are likely to be left with at the tail end of this season going into the next season. And, and, and those players that we, we would consider maybe are the ones we would potentially want to keep are unlikely to be wanting to be hanging around much longer. So going into next season, whatever that might be, it's, it's, yet, it's going to be yet another complete wholesale change of personnel 
season upon season. And I think that's, for me, the mo- as, as important an aspect is at what point do we get a kind of a consistent st- structure of a team in place? For, well, that, for part people. of that's inbuilt to the model, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and I absolutely. think we've been too enthralled to that model, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, clearly the the age profile of the squad needed to change, um, needed to get some younger players in there. But we perhaps have been too enthralled to that um, with the makeup of this season. And maybe that's a lesson to be learned. Uh, and again, the appointment of a caretaker. Think of what that word actually means, caretaker. To me... Yes, they would have loved a bounce and would really have loved a bounce similar to last season, but lightning really strikes twice. Really, I think that when that decision was made, it was about abandoning, you know, not abandoning the season to relegation, clearly. And again, let's all pray that doesn't work out. But it was about writing off, essentially, this season as a serious. If, if it happens, fantastic. Brilliant. We'll take it. And I'm sure Neil Warnock would have taken it as well. And equally, similarly to the appointment of... Jim Goodwin back in February 22 or whenever it was the season still had life at that point the season still had possibilities it was eminently possible to make the top six eminently possible to make a European place didn't pan out that way it probably almost certainly isn't going to pan out that way this season Um, but it is really about just taking us to the summer giving us time to hopefully get a the structure that we should have had in place back in 2021 when the move from McInnes to Glass was made. And yes, clearly you have work to do in the recruitment side as well. So there was a lot of work that needs to happen in the background, absolutely, as well as that appointment of the the frontline long-term manager. But on the appointment of a long-term manager, to to come back once again to uh, Martin's, Martin Clunas' rants from last night... Would you still, the morning after the day, night before, still want to move Warnock on? I maybe wouldn't use. I maybe wouldn't drop the hard C when I said when in the tweet. I probably would. I'll be honest. Um, if 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 I'm going to say I regret anything, it's probably that. Um, but that's as far as I'm willing to go. Okay, on that. Um... <laughs> Misogynistic, I don't know. Um, Bombshell, um, let's call that one a night. Thank you for listening. I've been Richard Hay. He's been Martin Clunas. Cheers, guys. And he's been Martin Ingram. Thanks. Uh, For those brave souls that are venturing to Paisley um, at the weekend, do try and enjoy at least your pints beforehand. And um, until we speak again, come on you Reds. (laughs) 